0: Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you? I'm doing so good. How are you doing? Good. I'm really excited to talk about this episode. Oh my gosh. Before we get into it, we of course have to do a brief recap of what happened in the last episode. Okay. Which, essentially, so Nini gets celebrated for her role as the icon that she is in LA. Fair um we see Cynthia draw a line in the sand as far as who can and can't f with her mhm and Kenya starts making all types of drama and continues it into the new year <laughs> yes absolutely um
1: And then in this episode, the first thing, new thing we get is a new tagline from our new housewife, Portia. Oh my gosh.
0: I know you've been waiting to do this, like, since episode one of this recap season, so please.
1: Okay. What
0: is Portia's tagline?
1: People say I have a picture-perfect
0: life, and I do. Oh! Portia, Portia, Portia. She does right. I will have. I do have to say that rewatching this episode before we get into the details, I got the sense that maybe Portia was supposed to be a friend of, but she was just so iconic that Bravo was like, yeah, no.
1: Now you are now on this, and you get like a middle tagline. Exactly. <laughs> like I think. I honestly
0: think that's exactly what happened. They were like, oh, we see you on our camera. We see the star that you are. You're getting the full housewife treatment absolutely gold so gold
1: okay okay but first in we're kind of warming up with nini and greg getting pedicures together <laughs>
0: yes. have you ever gotten a pedicure with your husband no i feel like he would
1: hate that he like can't believe i go to places and like pay people to touch my body he's like <laughs> why oh rangers like rubbing your shoulders I'm like "Mm, it's all I want in life
0: (laughs) it was actually so it was for me it was hard to watch because I have like a weird thing with feet generally but it was both lovely and kind of disgusting for me because you see just How like it sort? It's so reminiscent of like the romance, right? Of a man willing to do whatever to find to get his wife back. He's
1: wooing her, and he's like, "I'll just do whatever you want to do," right?
0: And we have this beautiful beat where he's talking to her about trying to get a key, both to her heart and to her apartment. He says,
1: "Front door, back door, heart." Um, she's like, okay, well, you need to change, and he, he's like, I'll go to therapy when I get the key. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to therapy, and then I'll give you the key. Right?
0: Which I felt like was such a cute way of sneaking in. Like, listen, therapy is actually very important, and <laughs> you don't get to pretend or to promise to do it mm-hmm. and then not do it.
1: No, but he's doing everything. He's just a cute guy. He has like such a cute sense of humor. Um, he's older, but it ge- it's giving like your favorite grandpa.
0: Yeah. Until he went into like the quasi like rap slash I it poetry. Was, <laughs> it was a boom. I don't think you could ever
1: call it rapping. <laughs> did you, uh, did you write it down? I did not write it down. I wrote it down. Of you wrote it down. <laughs> Greg says, I want a key to your door like I never had before. This time I'm going to do it right because I'm going to make you my wife.
0: okay I take it back it was actually cuter than I remember maybe I was very distracted by him saying reciting this and massaging her feet
1: yeah oh and I forgot after he said it he's like now run and tell that (laughs) like a real mic drop
0: that's probably why I thought I wrote down quasi rap (laughs) question mark yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, man. So after we finish up with Nini and Greg, we move to Phaedra and Apollo, who are in their kitchen, discussing.
1: Yeah. I, you, I can't say Apollo has the natural ability on screen that Phaedra does.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's very handsome. Mm-hmm. He's right. hmm He's
1: tall. He's really good-looking. Um, but... I think, you know, you can just tell that he knows what he's supposed to say at different times. Mm-hmm. It's a little rehearsed because, you know, Phaedra is like, she's not going to leave it all to chance. You
0: think so? I, I don't know. know. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I mean, you could probably be right. I think it's hard because I often think of Phaedra as somebody who is so put together and is so quick on her feet that so much of it seems natural like nothing everything about her is so perfectly articulate but at the same time not rehearsed Mm, feeling for me
1: I agree I I feel like that's how she comes off but I think it's just fair to say that like she kind of has a narrative that she wants to project
0: that is very true I also think that she's probably a control freak right you don't get to where you are in like the Atlanta I don't know upper echelons that she's in without having like been very focused on very specific ways of being and presenting yourself. So yeah.
1: I have always gotten the sense too, from their marriage that like she's been the primary breadwinner mm-hmm. and it's hard to say like what Apollo is really doing for work. He tells her he's just gotten certified in nutrition and personal training. Yep. So this makes him the perfect person to design their workout video Bit, which is, I can't remember what it's called, like the
0: donkey booty workout. Yes. Okay. That's exactly it. And, um, but before we get to that, I wrote down because I just thought it was so funny is uh, he asked about the hot sauce and then he goes to the refrigerator. Where do you keep your hot sauce, Jules? The
1: refrigerator. I
0: knew it! You're not supposed to. <laughs> it does not go in the refrigerator, it goes in the cabinet. Why oh would God. you put
1: hot sauce in the refrigerator? Doesn't it say like refrigerate after opening?
0: I'm sorry, I have never read a label on a hot sauce ever in my life. But even if that's true, they're lying. It doesn't go in the refrigerator. But as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I wonder if Jules puts her hot oh my sauce in the refrigerator. It's just
1: like, white people be like,
0: what does this label say? I don't know. I'm not saying anything about that. It's okay if you are. That's fine. I am not saying anything <laughs> about that. But I just, I thought that it was a funny beat because I I genuinely was curious. And you did not disappoint. So thank uh, you for that.
1: I have to add, Well, my husband's the one who really likes hot sauce. As you know, I'm kind of like a wimp about it. Mm. So maybe I should talk to him about it. I mean. if he has any opinions.
0: If this entire time throughout, I don't know, how long you've been married, 27 years? years—or. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, and I'm like, Jules knows this, and anybody that knows me knows this. That 27 is my default for anything. Uh-huh. So, I've asked my brother, "How long have you worked at your job?" My brother is 29, and I will say 27 years, or because <laughs> it's my favorite number, because it's specific but also wildly inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: and oh my god, imagining 27 years is wild. I've never like thought it out to that extent. <laughs> I feel like I can imagine like 40 years easier than 27 years.
0: I know. Ooh. Anyways. Okay. Well, if throughout your marriage, this has never come up, please <laughs> do not. Like, I do not want to be responsible. This
1: could be the One thing <laughs> that brings
0: it all crashing down. Oh gosh. I'd be so scared. <sighs> okay. So we get to the donkey booty workout tape and she, so Phaedra confirms that a donkey booty is a quote, nice, firm round behind I mean if you picture a donkey I think that's what
1: we're talking about
0: right and this is something I think that Phaedra came into this really trying to coin this sort of phrase (laughs) really trying
1: to make donkey booty like very
0: hard and so I wrote down in terms of her mission with this video she wanted a fitness Mm -hmm. video with butt lifting and butt plumping properties for women not born with a bountiful bottom (laughs) Right. And I honestly think that the way that part for me, part of the genius of this, aside from the phrasing of a donkey booty, (laughs) is that she seems to be focused on like a regular woman. Right. Somebody Mm -hmm. who doesn't have this big butt who can just sort of work out on her own time. And I would buy that. Right. Especially like I want a big I want like I want a natural plump booty if I could get it yeah,
1: I also want to watch Phaedra I work out like how entertaining is that oh gosh like that it's, would a be vi- so it's a video I want to go back to again and again right. wait do you have her
0: video no no I'm thinking I should get it I feel like I we if should it's get available. it oh my goodness <laughs> should we do a patreon exclusive just kidding we don't have a patreon
1: <laughs> yeah everyone's listening to this ad free for free <laughs> you're
0: welcome <laughs> It. You see this is what happens when we record after I've been listening to too many other podcasts and then I've convinced <laughs> myself that we are so famous that people are going to want to pay for our content. And I'm like oh my gosh how do we like create video content for these amazing subscribers?
1: We've got to expand our brand. Right? No. Someday we will. You, you watch.
0: Re- oh my goodness. I feel like at some point we should get Fager's video and we should do the workout i would and we should record ourselves doing it i think it's gonna be so <laughs> funny i i i would pay i will pay to make that happen for us okay okay i love this right um okay so um i don't know what this note is but i wrote down different stages of Afroisms. does anybody know what this okay is? i think
1: that this is Because Phaedra and Apollo get into a conversation about why people say Brazilian butts are big. And he says it's because African people came to Brazil. And I feel like we're just getting into like some race talk that I don't personally feel comfortable repeating. Oh,
0: my goodness. What's actually funny about this is I realized as you were talking that this was actually the segment where... Phaedra was talking about this being a gentle workout because she knows that Black women don't want to sweat all the oh, time.
1: Okay, because oh, because of their their breasts. hair
0: will then go through quote different stages of Afroisms. Okay, and I also completely ignored the entire <laughs> discussion yeah. about like Brazilian butts. I was like, this is just Black a butts.
1: Weird conversation to be having on camera. You I don't guys. know, and
0: I'm I mean, this is also sort of a vestige of the times, right? So this was back in 2012 probably probably recorded in 2011 and i think that just at that time there was a little bit less of like an understanding of how you were coming off on tv and whether you might be offending folks um and also it's it's interesting to me because um apollo is like lighter skinned Mm -hmm. And my memory is that there is some, like, non-black family members of his. Like, I think maybe his mom is white or something like that. Yeah, something
1: like that. And I think he has kind of a complicated family story. Yeah. Like, maybe his dad not being around or we'll probably get to it at some point.
0: Yeah, I think that it, it, I'm sure it comes up. It's just sort of the storyline itself is escaping me. But I think it's a particularly interesting thing because of, I don't know, this sort of like ambiguity we have Phaedra as this like beautiful successful black woman who's talking all about like I want to focus on black butts and black women yeah and then you have her like lighter skin husband who doesn't have much to show for himself in terms of like professionalism or finances who is interjecting saying oh yeah like in Brazil yeah she's just like what? <laughs> so it's Yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was an interesting beat.
1: Where is Apollo's head at? I think we're always left wondering. Excellent question. I don't know. So now we go to good old Kim.
0: Um <laughs> Why do, why are you laughing? Because I um am curious what you're gonna say about this.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> Sweetie's at the end of her rope. She's like, Kim, I just need to know what you want to do. And Kim's like, what can I do? Not one house in Atlanta is good enough for me. <laughs> so they're, they've they decided they are going to move to the townhouse, which is 5,000 square feet, according to Kim. I don't think she... That's not true. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: I don't think townhouses are 5,000 square feet. Uh, maybe it's multiple stories. That can be like more square I'll, footage. I'll tell
1: you, like, I live in a smallish two-story house. I mean, it's on definitely small. And it's like 1,400 square feet. And it has three bedrooms. Mm. Twice the size, I think, would be pretty spacious. Now we're getting up to like 3,000 square feet. I just like... I don't know. I feel like she's full of it. I think she just like, tr- like rounds up numbers to make herself sound more impressive.
0: Be like, "Oh, 5,000 square feet, that's way too small for me." Oh my gosh, cuz well her current house that she's in is like 17,000, right? According to her, yeah. Oh gosh. That's-
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like she throws numbers around all over the place and nothing really comes together. I mean, yeah, maybe.
0: All I I am not going to I'm not going to venture <laughs> into this Kim Zolciak hatred. I, oh I my refuse. Gosh.
1: Okay, well, I won't try to bring you to the dark side. No, then. no,
0: please continue this. <laughs> it's not that I agree or disagree. I am just a neutral podcastress. Um <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, no, well, for what it's worth, I will say that it, <laughs> I have no words. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh moving on. So, um, while Kim has decided that she's gonna leave her this mansion for the townhouse that is so beneath her, she's also decided that she is going to take every single flower that she planted in this home because she paid for the landscaping and she feels like she is entitled to the receipt of every mother effing flower. Yeah. She's tearing all the flowers out of the ground. It's
1: wild. What a crazy move.
0: Yeah. So I wrote down, you want to be evil? Throw my family on the street? I'm taking my motherfucking flowers. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh. Like... I don't know. It seemed to me that the way that she told Sweetie the story about what happened is that they caught wind of her attempts to maybe hold over on her lease and they were like, Absolutely not, you're being evicted. Or you they need just to leave. saw it
1: coming. They're like, This is a lady's gonna try to <laughs> squat. This lady has the squatter energy. <laughs> right. I
0: mean, they're not wrong. I don't think anybody would be wrong if they assumed that about Kim. Oh the only other thing I wrote about this entire portion of the episode was when Sweetie called Kim white chocolate.
1: That's like such a kiss ass thing because you know, Kim loves the idea that, like, oh, oh I'm like a black woman, but I have white skin. I mean, she's so racist in that way, it's weird. I wish Sweetie wasn't feeding
0: into it all, but I'm I never like Sweetie, and I think that this might be part of it is the way that she enables Kim's behavior in ways that I think allow Kim to point to sweetie as like a black woman who doesn't care about her sometimes harmful and hurtful behaviors. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and I think that that might also be why I extend Kim a lot of grace because it seems to me like she doesn't have enough people in her life that are gently telling her when she's in the wrong And I I feel like I've seen enough at this point, like influencer and plus videos of people being like, I know my heart. And and I'm like, all right, that you're deflecting, just like apologize for the bullshit things that you've said or that you've done. I don't care so much about your heart, whether you feel like you're a racist person, like anybody can do racist things. And so I think that Kim sometimes has done things that are like just not copacetic. For sure.
1: But I love that you're like, sweetie is also partly responsible.
0: I'm not. So I'm not giving. I don't like. Listen, I have never (laughs) known what it's like to live as a fake colorblind white woman. But I know (laughs) (laughs) I know inherently and deeply what it's like to live as a black woman around non-black people who say problematic things. And I have never in my life. If I call you my friend or if you're my employer, I don't let that slide good like and i'm like nobody should let that slide
1: yeah i fully agree sweetie's just checked out and in a way that's not helping the situation oh
0: my gosh well speaking of checked out should we take a break yeah okay And we're back.
1: We are back for such a great scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. This is what we have all been waiting for since the very beginning is Kenya and Portia meet for the first time. And it's our
1: first time meeting Portia. Right. So they go to a spot for lunch. Portia is just Young, gorgeous, happy, fun, positive. She's She kind of talks like a valley girl. Mm-hmm. She has not a care in the world. She's just like pure charm and beauty. And Kenya's
0: so triggered immediately by her vibe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's actually so obvious. But before we get to the actual meeting, we have the talking head of Kenya saying... Well, being a celebrity or a former <laughs> Miss USA, I'm often invited to make appearances to increase donations. And I'm like, oh God. Uh huh. So she thinks this young bubbly lady
1: just wants her to be the guest of honor at a charity gala because she's so famous. Mm hmm. Portia couldn't be friendlier. She says, isn't it cute in here? Kenny he says, it's a little bit of a cafeteria vibe about the restaurant it was just like okay so i noticed portia immediately clocked that she had a little facial reaction Mm -hmm. like not a lot gets by portia right she's sharp but she like doesn't portray she doesn't project that at all
0: yeah and i think part of it is like her carefree sort of attitude like you can be however because you're just like happy and fun loving you're not thinking that hard or that deeply about what you're saying because you're just like enjoying life right yeah
1: but she notices I think she immediately sees like oh this woman's gonna try to make me feel like less than her in this conversation
0: oh yeah I think so I I think that you're exactly right
1: But she doesn't show it. She just has a big smile. Mm -hmm. She says she's hosting a big event for her grandfather's charity. Mm -hmm. Hosea Williams was a big player in the civil rights movement of the 1960s. She's his granddaughter. They basically like live in a beautiful house in Atlanta and they have kind of like a dynasty of like successful civil rights minded, charity minded, like community minded people and it's pretty awesome
0: yeah and so the hosea williams foundation is one of the largest foundations in the south um it produces a lot of support and like i think um money for homelessness in the south um but it is really a major player it's one of the best known charities in the south according to porsche and sort of co-signed by kenya throughout this interaction right right
1: um, so Portia politely asked Kenya if she does it, has done work in charity before. And Kenya says, yes, she has a, her own charity, the Kenya Moore Foundation, which I don't know if it's, uh, as established, let's say. Right. <laughs> like, while you have a foundation named after yourself, but I've never
0: heard of it. Right. And I mean, I think that Portia recognized it for what it was. and was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So
1: then Portia, with a big smile on her face, goes, so are you married? (laughs) Kenny's like, that was out of the blue. Portia says she's been married for one year, and she doesn't want to be pregnant more than once, so she wants to have twins, a boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. And how many babies does Kenya want? And she figured out, she's like, oh, I know how to be the one who's actually in control of this conversation. (laughs) I'm going to put her off her feet with all these questions that are going to make her so mad, and I'm going to ask it really nicely. (laughs) You
0: think that that's what
1: she was doing? Yes, I do. At just sweet as pie, I think she was like, I will be the one who's triumphing in this conversation, Kenya.
0: So I will say that from my perspective, I saw it as Portia realizing that, Kenya wasn't there to be like kind and she wanted to redirect the conversation into something where she could also shine. And so Mm. Portia as a newlywed who is like trying to have children is like, Oh, that's a perfect conversation starter because I can talk about me and my life, regardless of what's going on with Kenya's life. And so I think that she I got the sense anyways that she opened it up that way because she's like, Oh, so Are you married? Because I'm married.
1: Yeah, that's entirely possible, too. Right?
0: Either way, it was hilarious because Kenya was not happy with these questions or with sharing really anything about herself. But, excuse me, but Portia wouldn't stop.
1: No. (laughs) Um, And... Kenya says in a confessional, I'm there for a business lunch and all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of personal questions. Does she want me to be the guest at her charity event or her new BFF? And it's like, okay, Kenya, sorry, she's being too friendly to you. Like I know that there, I believe there is, it's maybe not all friendliness, but at the same time with, Portia, you can never call it out. Like, what? Prove it. She's just so she wants to be your friend. Yeah. You're
0: new in town and she wants to be your friend. Like, why are you mad? Right. It's, I mean, she immediately got put on the. I think that she, Kenya didn't realize how bad that she looked. And I think part of it is because Kenya went into this entire situation. This is, of course, just my opinion that Kenya went into this saying oh i'm better than this girl i'm a housewife she's just like some like mm-hmm. kept woman who like doesn't do anything and re- she's like a real housewife right yeah. and she's courting me this is cute like cute cute little girl and instead we see like actually that's not the case and this is something that i think continued to play itself out for the next like decade oh, right it's- yeah and i love it
1: um Portia, this is just the real the real cherry on top. Portia says, I've got it all plotted out. I'm gonna be finished having babies by like 35. Yeah. (laughs) And and then we know Kenya's like early forties. Right. Already worried about it.
0: And so Kenya's just like eating her salad and says, like, well, I'm well beyond that, so Yeah.
1: And then Portia's like, oh, well, my aunt went to this great fertility doctor. I can give you the information if you want. <laughs> so nice. <Right>? So nice. <laughs>
0: and there was also that adorable beat where she was talking about like, oh, yeah, you have to use like the Chinese calendar. That's how you like can determine you're going to have a boy or girl. It's like Western Eastern western eastern, eastern medicine
1: medicine yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah that's what you got to do you got to use a Chinese calendar because it from China and I was like oh Portia
1: amazing oh man so we now go to like a little introduction of Portia Williams Stewart mm-hmm. as we've said she's a descendant of civil rights leader Jose Williams mm-hmm. and she works for the charity But
0: she also loves to dress up and party. Right. She's born and raised in Atlanta. Um, She has a deep purpose from the beginning based on her family. And then she immediately talks about how she's always lived well.
1: Oh, yeah. She's married to Cordell Stewart, who I guess is a big deal in the NFL.
0: So at this point, he was, I think, already a um, retired NFL player. But he had like a I want to say he had a reputation at this point. So during his time in the NFL, like I think he was like a really good player. I will say that listening to the story back it sounded like Cordell Stewart was like much older and then like came to her house and then she was like presented to him as a gift or something I was like what the heck is even this I don't know it was kind of bizarre but yeah I believe and I don't I don't follow football at all really I mean I watch it but I don't follow the players like that Unless they're like a QB or like a really really famous defensive end during my year. Well, you're, you're miles I'm ahead sorry. of me. <laughs> I was like, I don't really follow it, but I actually know a lot about football. Anyways, so um, I I believe though that Cordell Stewart was um, from the beginning, he was a well known football player. Yeah,
1: um, and she yeah, she said like her brothers and her dad were like really excited about him, and she didn't even know who he was. She basically like lives a life of leisure. She like she, she's like, on a regular day, maybe I'll volunteer, or else I just call up all my other friends who don't work and we go out for lunch. I right. come home to Cordell. Yeah. She says, everything
0: I ask God for ends up happening. Right. It's like the it's so pure and so sweet. And it's funny because we get this right almost right after Kenya describes Portia as she seems very young and a little naive and I'm yeah. like no she doesn't and then we see this <laughs> and I'm like oh, okay
1: no she is I think she's had a pretty sheltered life and just sort of been like the apple of everyone's eye
0: yeah and how old is she at this point do we know like, I think
1: she said she was like 27 or 28 yeah that's why I was like I'm yeah. pretty
0: sure she's in her like late 20s yeah and that I mean we've both been there it's a different.
1: I can't, yeah, it's hard to imagine like being married to an older man at that age and just sort of like, I think, you know, maybe she hasn't really come into her
0: own power yet. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, I think that's there's really a accurate. lot of potential there. 100%. Um. So after we meet Portia, we move uh to New York City where Nini and Cynthia are gallivanting apparently
1: yeah nini's doing press for her show and cynthia has a modeling gig and they're just hanging out in a hotel drinking like some kind of juice champagne cocktail and cynthia's gonna try to get her to go on the subway and eat a new
0: york hot dog right i really loved so i think that this was such a good example of like how girlfriends can just be like genuinely happy for each other And I think it's reflective when you are doing something good with your own life, right? There's not like jealousy. And so Nini says, you know, the higher I go, the less I have to concern myself with jealous, petty people. Yeah. And it's so true, right? Like the more that you're confident in who you are and what you have to offer, the less you're comparing yourself to other people or wanting to tear anyone down. And it, seems to me that like Cynthia might be one of the only people in Nini's life at this point one of her only friends who is just genuinely there to celebrate her isn't like asking all these like weird invasive questions isn't like trying to get anything out of it is just there to like support her friend and I'm like yeah I need more of this and I think she also has gotten a lot of active
1: negativity from Kim trying to tear her down or belittle her accomplishments Mm -hmm. because Kim is a jerk
0: she's a what a jerk (laughs) I thought you said a
1: drick. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) It's a cost between a drip and a jerk.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. So to your point, uh, Cynthia talks about how her experience in New York was completely different from Nini's. Like, she talks about having no money, relying on the subway. And Nini, meanwhile, is like, "Oh no, I'll just use a town car or something like that. She's like, what? Absolutely not. And so she, like, hatches this plan. Um, But before we get to that, we cut back to candy in atlanta who is apparently packing up her old house to yeah, rent it she's all she's trying to get everything
1: out of her old house because she's leasing it and into like in typical candy fashion we don't get a lot from her in this scene but oh, her yeah. aunt and uncle are there being really cute and funny
0: right while her grammy is precariously placed in the shot for the entire
1: episode <laughs> it's like tipping over onto like a pile of boxes um, but they're helping her move. And I was like, well, that's one way to save $100,000. Oh,
0: my <laughs> gosh. Right? If only. Oh, Jesus. Um, so after... Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, uh, I don't. Uh, I mean,
1: was there anything for you? I feel like there just wasn't a lot
0: going on. There. there wasn't anything actually. I mean, there was like a couple of cute beats from her uncle with like little jokes, but nothing that like stood out to me. Like Candy could have not been in this episode, and I think it would have been absolutely fine.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is an ongoing issue I have with Candy, where mm. she just doesn't do a lot. like her own performance or like what she's revealing about her own life a Mm -hmm. lot of it is just sort of like look at all the people I'm surrounded by like they're so funny
0: yeah and I think it's funny because I feel like that was part of what I love the most about Candy is that it took a lot to like sort of get a rise out of her to get her to like act in a way that was just like higher level meanwhile everybody in her family all of her friends even her daughter right even her baby daddy like every single other person in her life was this like big personality and Mm -hmm. I always felt like Candy was just like sort of the calm but I will say in this episode in particular um because I already know your stance on Candy I'm like okay I can kind of see this a little bit more clearly from your perspective
1: yeah and I do it's like I have to respect and admire Candy and she has been on this show you know now I think she's had like 13 seasons or something on Mm -hmm. the show so she's a real one like I can't like fault her, and she's also truly like a successful, smart, brilliant. I think like a kind person who uh-huh. really like cares about her community. I just like as a housewife, I just always want more from her.
0: Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, especially in a cast like season five, where you have yeah. Nini and Cynthia and Kenya and Portia and Phaedra, like, and even Kim Zolciak, hater or lover, she is. She's giving us something. She is giving us something. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> Certainly something. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, so Phaedra and Kenya meet for a drink and ice cream at, like, this weird bar. It
0: was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, (laughs) and I am still so confused, right? Like, what is happening? Like, I, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why these items are being offered in this way, but, okay... Um, and there's a point where Kenya starts screaming barkeep.
1: Oh, my gosh. Because first Phaedra says to the bartender,
0: what is delicious? <laughs> oh, <it>. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jules, you have to warn me before you go into the Phaedra voice because I have never prepared and my real-time reaction might scare our listeners away. I can't help myself. <laughs>
1: And then, for some reason, Kenya just starts yelling, Barkeep! Barkeeper! Barkeep! Like, it's funny. It was so weird. And you get, like, a a kind of Phaedra confessional being like, Kenya's kind of odd, but I like her. Right. She
0: called her a strange bird. Yeah. (laughs) And So this this is what I mean about Phaedra. Like, the way that she puts words together is so just pristinely perfect. So she says, you know is a little eccentric and crazy but I'm also a little eccentric and crazy so I can appreciate her interestingly odd behavior yes like girl oh <laughs> I just I want I just I love Phaedra so much she's the best oh gosh I like I, in this moment I'm imagining meeting her and how much of a blubbering idiot I would be and how she would say well that's a strange bird, but that's yeah. okay. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she called me a strange bird, but it's not a compliment, but I'm like, she noticed me. Like, that's how yeah, I, Yeah,
1: I would just love to get Phaedra's take on anything and everything, including myself. Just <sighs> tell me, tell me what you think. Oh
0: yes. And she'd be critically honest. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, anyways. So the conversation shifts to, um, I think Phaedra mentions her plans to do this work, this donkey booty workout video. And Kenya confirms that she has a full service production company.
1: Yeah. She kind of talks about this on and off about how she's managing a production company, but it's like the evidence we see of the production company never makes it seem like it's a high functioning sort of unit. Stop it. <laughs> it's true. Are you, you think so? I remember her pilot that she films. She, she films a pilot. The oh, future. with
0: the wedding. It's bad. It's so bad. But like, that's the thing. It, The acting was terrible, but I felt like the production was solid.
1: Maybe. I just don't know if she has, like, a full production team on payroll at all times that are constantly available to her. Or if she just knows the right people where she can put together a team to film something.
0: Like, I don't know if she's running, Mm. like, you know. No, that's a good point. I don't know. Because she has, I mean, granted, she's, quote, unquote, been in the industry for quote unquote however many years 27 approximately (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I'm like you're you're right I I don't get the sense that she is like an owner of a business that maintains this like level of production at all times I think that you're probably right yeah, I think she
1: just kind of knows to put things together, and I mean that's fine. It's just that she'll always self-aggrandize, you know. But that's who she is, right? Yeah. Well, then now she talks to kind of shares with Phaedra about her upbringing. She talks about her being ignored by her mother and how traumatizing it has been. Yeah. And of course, in these moments, it's like you have to feel for her. I thought it was really interesting that she said she feels like her mother has
0: gone out of her way to destroy her. Yeah. I also wrote that down and I I thought it was interesting that this is the first time that we also hear Kenya talk about her mother sort of suffering from mental health issues specifically.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's sort of like I I mean, I have no idea what that feels like, to you know, but it's just sort of like if you know your parent has mental health issues, then on some level you probably know they're not trying to destroy you.
0: Mm. But
1: maybe it just feels like that anyway. And like who can say?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's so wild to even think about putting myself in that, in her shoes. Um, because I think, especially in the era that we're living in now, people throw out terms like psychotic or, you know, um, narcissist. These things that have actual clinical meaning without really knowing or deconstructing what those items mean. And so I know sitting here today, as far as I know, I've never actually encountered somebody that had any sort of either minimal or severe mental health issues, you know, aside from like depression, which can manifest itself in lots of different ways. But I think that I read um, an article once about like what the crack epidemic did to so many people and how there was sort of almost it's broad strokes, but like two camps of children that came from that era, and there were those that understood that their parents were sick, and that there was nothing that they could do. It had nothing to do with them, that it was simply that they were sick, and that they could not parent them mm. but then there's another school of children who say it doesn't matter. I don't care what you were what you've been through, and they can never forgive their parents for choosing like crack over them and so I think in this moment as I'm like hearing Kenya's story and like you're right you can't help but feel for her it it seemed to me like she is in that second camp of even though your logical brain tells you this is not my fault I was a child I didn't ask for any of this my mom wasn't capable of being a parent she didn't understand what it meant to do this she can't forgive her for how she treated her. And she can't let go of the things that she did that made her feel worthless when she was growing up. Yeah. Is th- that was my sort of take. You yeah. Know?
1: It feels like she's really carrying it with her still. And I mean it's a huge amount of trauma for a child to have to deal with Mm -hmm. sometimes they get the sense from kenya that she's just trying to outrun it she's like well if i have a title Mm -hmm. and i'm so successful and i'm so beautiful and i'm kind of better than everyone else around me then i don't really need to deal with my trauma
0: but i think she really has some healing to do yeah i think i think you're so right there's she says this like amazing quote that anger is another step from pain mm. and it's so real right like some I, I, I consume way too much right books tv shows tiktoks right but there was to me it just felt like something that had to have come from someplace else that is part of like the healing process like recognizing that about yourself means that you're able to move forward. And so I remember watching it the first time. And then again, rewatching it. It It's like being hopeful. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you understand that this is something that you are hurt and hurt is harder to deal with than anger. Heart hurt is harder to deal with than being mad. So it's like recognizing that this is actually hurt means that I'm more vulnerable, but I'm also willing to maybe, Help myself.
1: Yeah, I think it's really hard for her to like admit that she's hurt. It's oh, hard yeah. for her to be vulnerable, understandably. Right? Ugh. Oh, Kenya. So I did note that Phaedra was a very kind and supportive listener during that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy of that. I don't know. I just like to see Phaedra like doing a solid for another lady.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, Phaedra's great. Like even at her worst, she's still fantastically like supportive. Yes. Right.
1: Absolutely. Well, should we take a little
0: break? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, so as we return, we have a cute beat with Cynthia and Nini riding the subway. Um, they rode the subway two stops. It was cute. <laughs> Literally two stops from 49th Street to Fifth Avenue. But the penultimate aspect of this episode was at Porsche's event. Yeah, we just have to get into this charity I mean, event. Oh, my gosh. So first thing that I noted, of course, was that Shamia and Lauren are also there. Yes.
1: Okay. Lauren is Portia's sister and Shamia is her friend. And we just get to check in with them on and off for a long time. And I loved meeting them for the first time in this episode. Right.
0: And I'm like, that's right. They've really been there from From the the beginning.
1: Yeah. From the very beginning. Um, The event is like in sort of a tent on the lawn of their estate. Mm hmm. Porsche is wearing this little like rose gold mini dress. She looks like a Barbie doll. Oh, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, Kenya arrives and she notes that she is the only celebrity there. <laughs> She basically was just like, oh, I thought there'd be more famous people here.
0: Right. Which is funny <laughs> because an episode prior, Phaedra said something similar, but she said it with so much more class yes. and like dignity. She said, she
1: said there were a lot of pedestrian <laughs> people at the event. Right.
0: <laughs> right? Oh. Okay.
1: But it's like a charity event. Um, This is the event that Portia told her would be all women, only women. Yes. And the first thing that happens is that... Cordell, her husband, bursts in with a big bag and a cake Mm -hmm. and gives it to Portia. The bag has a Chanel purse in it. Mm -hmm. The cake is of a Chanel purse and Chanel shoes. And he just like toasts her and talks about what a wonderful humanitarian. She's like, oh, thank you. Right. And so it's like no one else got to bring a husband, but Portia's husband presented her with a Chanel bag in front of everybody amazing
0: right and a check for her charity right 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 to which she like excitedly says oh my gosh look at how much money we've raised I'm like (laughs) (laughs) okay I I don't know if this was
1: Cordell was like I want to like do something on camera to like show like how supportive I am or whatever But I wouldn't be surprised if she was like, you know what would really tick Kenya off immediately is if I show her my man giving me expensive things. Oh, my gosh. No. (laughs) And
0: I genuinely, genuinely thought that this was Cordell just being like a bit of a control freak and wanting to look like the greatest husband ever. Entirely possible. Look at how wonderful and supportive I am for my wife and her charity endeavors. Like that was the vibe that I got. I think
1: that's probably right. Considering what we, as we get to know Cordell, that
0: sounds about right. Yeah. But either way. So the other way, Kenya is seething. She (laughs) hates this. So mad. So she's already primed to be just, Angry yeah. at the entire situation. And so Portia gives a speech about powerful women during, and she, you know, reflects on all of the powerful women in the room. And then she points to Kenya and says, And we also have with us Miss America 1993. <laughs> <laughs> to which Kenya replies, Miss USA.
1: And we're just like, oh, I'm so sorry, Miss USA. She's Miss USA. 19. Yeah. You know. (laughs) And Kenya's so mad that she got the title wrong. How do you how do you confuse those things? She says this would be like introducing Michelle Obama as the first lady of
0: Zimbabwe. Right. Like,
1: I don't think it's
0: quite like that. It's not even close to that. (laughs) Right. Like it, it's literally not the same in any way, shape or form. <laughs>
1: Comparing yourself to Michelle Obama. Like, right.
0: Oh. Also, um, girl, nobody really knows the difference between Miss America, and no Miss USA, cares. except for you. you I mean, you
1: should be glad that they're thinking you're Miss U- Miss America because that's the famous one. Right.
0: <laughs> I will say to defend Kenya a little bit. And I granted, the way that she put it will never not be ridiculous but she's like you courted me for your event and you can't even get my title right and I'm like that is kind of on Portia like if you invite somebody and you're going to introduce them do a google search girl
1: I think she knew exactly what
0: she was doing
1: (laughs) I think she's still from the lunch being like oh, you think you can tell me that the lunch place I like is like a cafeteria? Ooh. Well, like, I think she's no know- knowingly, like, Kenya thought she was the troll queen, and now she's encountered the real troll queen. Mm. <laughs> and she's getting trolled
0: hard, and she does not know how to deal with it. And I love it. I love it, I yeah. love it, I love it. Fair, fair. You, I, I think that you're exactly right, now that you put it that way. Okay, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so...
1: And they sit down. Kenya is just complaining about how cold it is. Oh, the, it's the, it's an air-conditioned
0: tent and like, a summer night in Atlanta. She says, it's too cold. She's freezing. Right. And Portia reflects on the fact, she said, the from the moment I left the stage, she wasn't feeling it. Like, I could tell immediately that she was so angry and so bothered by everything. And she starts nitpicking. And meanwhile, Portia is still trying to, like, Remain exuberant, remain like the host, remain like excited about the hopeful, like charitable donations that they're going to receive. And Kenya is rolling her eyes. She's texting Miss Lawrence, who was never supposed to be there because it is an all women event, which Portia said more than once.
1: I know. I don't know if Miss Lawrence identifies as a woman I feel like they they sometimes like talk about him that way or her so I don't totally know what the deal is Mm. there but like maybe it's like it's fine because it's
0: more of a fluid interpretation I don't know I guess I would I would bet that Portia wouldn't be okay with the invitation Mm -hmm. but to your point there was like a part of me that was curious if this women only was because Cordell wanted it to be women only and no men around his wife or something. I can see that. And if that's the case, then Miss Lawrence probably wouldn't pose much of an issue for Cordell. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right.
1: So, oh, she, and Kenya's also there with a friend and so she gets her friend to go outside with her. Yeah, her friend Kenya, by the way. Is her name Kenya? It's Kenya. Oh, my Kenya. God, I missed that. Kenya yeah. and Kenya. It's Kenya and Kenya. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they go outside. Kenya says it stinks like manure on the grounds or whatever. Um, she says she's just waiting for Lawrence to get there, and then they're going to leave. Then Portia comes out to ask if Kenya is all right, and Kenya's like, I'm just getting some air. And doesn't say, I'm going to leave. She just kind of brushes her off.
0: Yeah, I wrote down, Kenya is on the phone with Miss Lawrence and talking mad shit to her friend, right? And then when Portia comes to check on them, they go mute. Like, everybody go mute or whatever. (laughs) I'm not a Beyonce fan. I don't know. But it's like, okay, you were just going in. And now all of a sudden, it's prim and proper. Like, everything's fine. And Portia, I think, was doing exactly what a host would do is like checking on her guests, checking on the invitees to make sure everything's okay. And she's like, Oh, okay. Well, all right, well let me know if you need anything. And then like goes back to the tent to wait on the rest of her guests, which perfectly acceptable. And the second that she leaves Kenya and Kenya start back up again.
1: Yeah. And then, um, Portia returns to her sister and Lauren and Shamia And then they're kind of like, the food's starting to arrive. So she's like, oh, I better go back out and get Kenya because her food's here. Mm -hmm. So now we go second time.
0: Now Lawrence has arrived. Yeah. He is co signing Kenya's bullshit.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, it's so stupid. She didn't know the
0: difference between those titles. Like, okay, Lawrence. Okay. You're being a good friend, but (laughs) like, no, we shut up. Just shut up. Okay. (laughs) You you sound dumb (laughs) in the words of Nene Lee. Exactly.
1: So, Ke- Portia comes out in time to catch them, like, get, trying to get their car. Mm-hmm. She's like, wait, are you leaving? And Kenya, in front of Portia, pretends not to hear Portia. Portia's, like, <laughs> two feet away from her. And says to Lawrence, this woman who I just met the other day, who asked me to come to her event, she gets on the microphone and called me Miss America. And I came outside so I wouldn't be rude. Just <laughs> like, Kenya, you had a chance to say this to her, five minutes ago but now that
0: she's here you're just talking to your friend about her like and this is an aspect of Kenya Moore that is consistent through to the present and that I cannot stand is that when she puts it in her mind that she's irritated with somebody she starts talking around them as if they don't exist as if they are below they're beneath her and she's not even going to engage in conversation even though the conversation is about that person and she does it all the time and it triggers me every time yeah because it is so so disrespectful
1: yeah and she will she knows that it's the best way to frustrate people and get them to lose it and that's like all she wants to do like Mm -hmm. it's not like she's trying to like fix anything with people at all but you know who you can't make lose it Portia Portia! (laughs) (laughs) um so Portia says really I feel it's disrespectful Kenny says, disrespectful, disrespectful is inviting me to your event and getting in front of a group of people and not even knowing my title or who I'm about. (laughs) Portia says, from nineteen whenever? I don't remember that.
0: Kenya keeps on and then is it at this point when Portia's like listen I'm gonna have to ask you to leave
1: well we're almost there okay
0: what happens next
1: (laughs) (laughs) basically Kenya's like you know Kenya's like do your research and Portia's like okay well sorry but this is for charity and Kenya interrupts her and Portia says hold on and Kenya says I'm not gonna hold on Portia says this is my grandfather's home And you are disrespecting the entire event. This is for children. Yeah. Kenya says, oh, no, I came outside, honey. Like, oh, okay, you came outside, so I guess you're not being disrespectful. Oh, my gosh. So gross. But now Portia says, you're on the curb where you should be at this point. I will have to ask you to just go ahead and leave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was... (laughs) So... For anybody that watched this in real time, um, and for those that didn't, this is a lot. So Jules, as usual, impeccably picked up on so much, but there was so much over-talking and yes. people talking at the exact same time. It was hard to catch everything, but the way that all of a sudden Portia had this complete composure as if none of those things had happened and said... I'm going to have to ask you to leave as if she was just being so reasonable. I'm like, Oh my God. Kenya is going (laughs) to lose her shit.
1: Yeah. Kenya's like in confessional. She's like, she can't kick me out. I'm already leaving. It was like,
0: absolutely has the desired effect. Right. Kenya starts screaming about how whack everything is. This is a whack event. (laughs) And she's all like, Oh really? It's a charity. It's for children. It's
1: whack. It's for children. It's for children. Kenya says, it's so disgusting out here. My stomach is nauseous from standing out here smelling cow poo. (laughs) Portia says, you say you have a charity? I doubt it. (laughs) Kenya says, good luck, honey. Next time, know how to throw a really good event. Portia's like, okay, let's see if we hear anything about what you promote. You don't care about children. You don't care about anything. (laughs) <laughs> and then Kenya says, Google me, honey.
0: And she's, and then this I wrote down <laughs> okay. where she says, Google you from when. <laughs> it's not even in the search engine. Because you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am not supporting or co-signing age shaming. But the way that Kenya made it sound like she was a recent hit on any <laughs> Google search engine was... Hilarious! I also love the idea that there would be nothing
1: in the internet from before, like Google launched in like 2000 or whatever.
0: (laughs) They don't have anything from 1993 in the internet that hasn't been (laughs) created yet. (laughs) Right? I have to go to the library to even find out what you were doing. Like It was so funny.
1: Yeah, so then they all leave and Portia heads back inside mm-hmm. having gotten the last word having absolutely gotten the better of Kenya having managed to get
0: Kenya out before she could leave <laughs> yep. on her own It was amazing and that's, I mean, to me I felt like this is probably what solidified Portia as a housewife mm-hmm. because like you said from the beginning, Portia caught the shade from the very beginning. She's born and raised in Atlanta like she knows. Like Southern women know. They're so, so quick but so polite that you will like get disrespected before you even realize what's happening. And Portia was ready. From the from the second that she saw Kenya nitpicking – in the tent she's like oh this is going to go south and I am not going to let it go left I'm going to remain in control I am going to remain the bell of the ball and the charitable person that I am for this foundation at my grandfather's home like she the way that she put in there you don't care she said the word children so well (laughs) <laughs> like, it was, like, the exact, like, perfect amount of times to hear the word children and to know that Portia was doing something for, we're assuming, like, underprivileged kids. Meanwhile, Kenya is having a hissy fit over the title description. Girl, yes. you look petty and ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you are a guest at the fundraiser where people are supposed to give you money and you're making a big stink about, like, leaving in the middle of it. Like, that's really, really rude. Yeah. So, of course, I'm team Porsche on this one. Oh, of course. Always. So, the, Kenya gets, like, sort of the last word in confessional. She says, Portia's just a wife of or a granddaughter of, and she hasn't made a name for herself. Mm-hmm.
0: And what I have to say to Kenya is, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, even, like, from an objective standpoint, I did, I mean... I do agree to a certain extent with Kenya's characterization about her because, you know, especially in the housewife universe, this idea, this concept of being Mm self-made, which sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. But when she says, you know, I didn't need anyone else to make me who I am. But girl nobody gets to where they are in this life by themselves like we are all the products of so many other factors and so many other people and I get what you're saying on some level but you is saying it baby <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're not saying what you think you're saying it was my approach to yeah it.
1: I mean you know I do see like such a they're so diametrically opposite in some ways I mean Kenya did definitely have a tougher upbringing. I don't think she comes from a lot of money. Um, so she, you know, probably d- has had to, like, work harder, not gotten a lot of things handed to her. She hasn't been lucky in love. There's just, like, a lot of struggles there. And she's so, at her core, I think, so unhappy. Mm-hmm. Whereas Portia has just kind of breezed through. She, Her mom is so nice. Oh. She has a great relationship with her sister. They're from this wonderful family like she's just kind of wanted for nothing and at her heart she is so happy and joyful Mm -hmm. and I feel like we we know we see Portia in a lot of different kinds of situations in the future but her joy never really goes away no no matter what's going on
0: yeah and I mean and I think that I I didn't even really think about it like that until this conversation but I think that deconstructing just how different their upbringing is and how much Portia's mother has supported and poured into her, her entire life. And you see like sort of the product of that, like she's reaping the benefits of being so genuinely like loved. And then I think that you see Kenya who's sort of brought up much more as like a fighter and she's much harder. She's much tougher. And I think you're right that Kenya to a certain extent, really like hates that aspect of Portia that is so opposite of her. Yeah. Oh man, I wonder how it's gonna turn out.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got basically, they're both bringing really interesting energy to this show and now I can't wait to see the mix with everybody
0: else oh man the season is just starting and it's gonna get even hotter as it goes on it's such a great such a great season yeah yeah so I have to know Jules who is your peach of the episode my
1: peach is Portia I knew it imagine having this episode as your first ever episode as a housewife this is like such a star turn I mean she's incredible love
0: her Oh, man, you're so right. Oh, I feel I mean, listen, you can tell from my face that I am completely in agreement with that. <laughs> it, that is not the answer that I intended because I was planning to always give it to Phaedra <laughs> because- No matter what. no I mean, partially no matter what, but also because Phaedra was hilarious. We got to see like aspects of her marriage. We get to see her business acumen and we also get to see her being like a really good girlfriend. And I love a housewife that can bring like a multidimensional element to an episode. And that's not hard to do. Excuse me. That's not easy to do. Yeah. um, Especially when you only get like a snippet in time yeah totally so who's your pet well this one's easy Kenya yeah easy I mean Kenya just came off as so like jealous and petty and focused on herself and trying to tear down this like very happy bubbly sweet girl um but it's almost like Kenya villainized herself and then tried to convince us that she was sweet as pie and that it wasn't her fault. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> buying it. And I don't know what viewer is. Agreed. I would have her as my pit. But I
1: have to say, she did give us some. She gave us a lot. So unfortunately, you're good, you're good. my pit is candy. I knew it. She gave us nothing. This yeah. was like, and maybe stuff got cut out of the episode because they had to show this like big event at the charity. But it's like, candy, wake up. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, I love Candy, but I don't think that there was I don't think there was anything left on the cutting room floor yeah. for her segment. <laughs> like.
1: You know, I'm sh- Candy will be giving later and this might be the only time she's ever my pit because really like there's there's a lot to like. But in this case, I'm going to say sorry, Candy.
0: No, solid choice. Honestly. Well, I can't wait to see what happens next week.
1: Me neither. I'm so excited to be revisiting this,
0: and thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you next week when we recap episode four of Real Housewives of Atlanta season five. See you then. Bye. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens, starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Trungali Golden.